happy hump day. Welcome back to another episode of Yvette Unplugged. All right, y'all, let's get right into Women Crush Wednesday. This is our last Wednesday in the month of February, which just so happens to be Black History Month. And today, my Women Crush Wednesday is Mahalia Jackson, the Queen of Gospel. Um, I'm going to read a little excerpt about her, just as I've done all month. If the legendary gospel vocalist Mahalia Jackson had been somewhere other than the National Mall in Washington, D.C. on this day in 1963, her place in history would still have been assured purely on the basis of her musical legacy. But it is almost impossible to imagine Mahalia Jackson having been anywhere other than center stage at the historic March on Washington on August 28, 1963 where she not only performed as a lead-in to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and his I Have a Dream speech, but she also played a direct role in turning that speech into the into one of the most memorable and meaningful in American history. By 1956, Mahalia Jackson was already internationally famous as the Queen of Gospel when she was invited by Reverend Ralph Abernathy, director of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, to appear in Montgomery, Alabama in support of the now-famous bus boycott that launched the modern civil rights movement and made Rosa Parks a household name. It was in Alabama that Jackson first met and befriended the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who she would support throughout his career. Indeed, if Martin Luther King Jr. had a favorite opening act, it was Mahalia Jackson, who performed by his side many times. On August 28th, 1963, as she took to the podium before an audience of 250,000 to give the last musical performance before Dr. King's speech, Dr. King himself requested that she sing the gospel classic, I've Been Buked and I've Been Scorned. Jackson was just as familiar with Dr. King's repertoire as he was with hers, and just as King felt comfortable telling her what to sing as a lead-in to what would prove to be the most famous speech of his life, Jackson felt comfortable telling him in what direction to take that speech. The story that has been told since the day that his since that day has Mahalia Jackson intervening at a critical junction when she decided King's speech needed a course correction. Recalling a theme she had heard him use in earlier speeches, Jackson said out loud to Martin Luther King Jr. from behind the podium on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, "Tell them about the dream, Martin." And at that moment, as you can, as can be seen in films of the speech, Dr. King leaves his prepared notes behind to improvise the entire next section of his speech, the historic section that famously begins. And so even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I love that. I didn't actually know that story Um about the I Have a Dream speech and how Mahalia Jackson Jackson impacted it. But it just kind of goes to highlight how women can really like have such a profound influence on men and their ability to encourage and empower and to 
change the course of history just by speaking a word and using their own discernment. And so I really appreciated learning that about Mahalia Jackson. And plus, she is just um, a beautiful singer. And I love me some good old gospel. So <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed her as our Women Crush Wednesday for today. Okay, so I just want to jump right into today's topic. And in order to do that, I actually would like to read a post that I saw on Facebook because I hope it would kind of... I, because I think it will help me to kind of jump into the conversation that I'm trying to have here. And so I'm going to go ahead and read that. It reads, and this is from um, a page called Sister, I Am With You on Facebook. And they also have an Instagram account, but on Facebook, their posts are a lot more in-depth and insightful. It reads, I think it was Brene Brown who told a story about a village where all the women washed clothes together down by the river. When they all got washing machines, there was a sudden outbreak of depression and no one could figure out why. It wasn't the washing machines in and of themselves. It was the absence of time spent doing things together. It was the absence of community. Friends, we've gotten so independent. We're fine, we tell ourselves. Even when it re in reality we're depressed, we're overwhelmed, we're lonely, and we're hurting. We're fine. We're just too busy right now. We say when days, weeks, months, and years go without connecting with friends, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. It's so easy to say even when it's not true. We've become so isolated and it's hard to know how to get back. It's so hard to know how to even begin to build the kind of relationships our hearts need. And I think in our current culture, it's just not as organic as it once was. It's more work now. Because, you know, we have our own washing machines. We don't depend on each other to do laundry or cook dinner or raise babies anymore. We don't really depend on each other for much of anything if we're being honest. In Brene Brown's book, Braving the Wilderness, she says that being lonely affects the length of our life expectancy similar to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. I don't say that to freak anyone out, but to let you know that longing for connection is legit. I think we've treated friendship like a luxury for far too long. Friendship isn't a luxury. It's a necessity. We don't want it. We kind of need it. Be independent. Be proud of it. But be an independent woman who realizes the value and importance of opening the door to other good women. You can do it alone, but you don't have to. Islands are only fun for so long. There is true magic when women come together and hold hands and share ideas and share stories and struggles and endless bowls of salsa. You use your gifts and I'll use mine and then we'll invite that girl over there who brings a completely different set of skills to the table we are building and we'll watch together as something miraculous unfolds. I read that because <laughs> it resonated so much with my heart. Over the past few, um, several months, I have felt feelings of depression and overwhelming and loneliness and hurt because of the absence of community. And I'm not even so much sure that it's the absence of community as much as it's the lack of access to community in this season of life that my friends and I are in. There have been so many times when I wanted to connect with my friends, but I just literally had no time or I just didn't have the capacity to be able to connect with them 
in the way that I want to. And I can see friends connecting without me. And the feelings of hurt and loneliness and FOMO have um, peaked its ugly head, I would say. And in order to avoid those feelings, the story I tell myself is that I'm fine without connecting with my friends. I've got my family and all these things. And so I begin to retreat so that I don't have to feel those feelings or I begin to do things in order to kind of like reassure myself that, you know, I'm all good. And so those feelings of depression and loneliness and being overwhelmed become even more prevalent um, as she speaks about in this post. And one thing that sticks out to me that she says is that friendship isn't a luxury, it's a necessity. And I think that so many of us see it as a luxury. And I, I think I want to break down those definitions really quick. So a luxury is defined as a condition of abundance or great ease and comfort, sumptuous environment, whereas a necessity is defined as the fact of being required or indispensable. But I went to look up necessary and it says required to be done, achieved or present, needed, essential. And so I think it's important to consider that friendship is essential. Like, like God didn't just create man, he created woman. And I know like the context of that is a whole other story, but like, I think from the beginning of time, God did not want us to be alone. He knew that connection was important for us. And even if we are married or not, it's still important for us to have relationships where we are connected with one another. And so I bring this up because if you are in a season similar to me where you just feel like you want to just retreat and you want to, you feel like relationships just take too much work and you're already doing the work that you have to do with like your husband and your children and yourself. And you're like, dude, I don't feel like having to navigate all the feelings that are involved in maintaining these other relationships. I want to encourage you and myself to know that, like, who cares what you feel like doing? Just do it because it's necessary to your survival. She, she read a, um, a fact from like a Brene Brown book that says, uh, she says that being lonely affects the length of our life expectancy, similar to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. We all know how bad cigarettes are for us. So if you lonely and you, it's like you're smoking 15 cigarettes a day, <laughs> like what an amazing fact, what an amazing thing to consider about like loneliness and the lack of connection. And so for the betterment of your health, for the longevity of your life, may we choose to connect with people that we care about. May we choose to put in the extra mile. And for you mamas out there, or even for you, like people who are in seasons of just extreme busyness and where you're not able to connect with people the way that you used to be able to connect with them. I just like to encourage you to just reach out and send a text message that just says, like, I'm thinking of you. I know that I'm not able to see you or really sit down and have a good, deep, long conversation with you like we used to, but I'm thinking of you. I love you. 
and I care. Um, because I think like for me specifically, I'm looking at, or I'm considering all these people who I consider to be my friends. And in my heart, I know that there are so many things that they are in need of. And there are so many needs that I want to be able to fulfill for them. But the season that I'm in right now just does not permit for me to do that. And I'm coming to terms with the fact that that's okay. And that because I'm not able to meet their needs in the way that I desire to meet meet them does not mean that I am losing them as a friend necessarily. Because I feel like we all can come to an understanding that this is just a season we're in. We're not going to be able to connect like we used to. And if they are a true friend, then we will be able to pick back up where we left off when the time permits for it to be so. But in the meantime, I will send a text. I will send a voice memo. I will call them on my way somewhere or do whatever it is that um, that would allow me to connect with them in even just a brief amount of time. And so, yeah, <laughs> that's all I got. That's where my heart is these days. I'm just really trying to come to terms with what friendship looks like in this season. Um, I'm trying to practice intentionality. I'm trying not to retreat, not to shut people out even more than I may have already started to do and just put in the work, you know? And so, I don't know. I, I guess I just would love to encourage you guys, like if you have that one friend or those two friends or those three friends or those handful of friends that you, um, you're you feeling like a lack of connection with right now, that I would just encourage you to reach out to them and yeah, just reach out to them. That's it. That's all I got, y'all. I'm sorry. This is a short and sweet podcast. And yeah, so let's get into the quote of the day. I was reading Ecclesiastes 3, where it talks about um, how there is a time for everything. I actually think I'm going to just go ahead and read that, but I'll share with you what I was going to share as far as the quote is concerned. But it reads, there is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven, a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing, a time to search and a time to count as lost a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. That was Ecclesiastes 3 verses 1 through 8. And so I was reading that and I um, I like to read the commentary. I have the uh, Bible, She Reads Truth, which I love. The commentary over on the right side of that, it says a whole lot of wonderful things. And I don't want to spend this whole podcast reading to you guys. <laughs> but one, the quote that I wanted to read says, every season has a purpose and a part to play in the bigger story of our lives. And 
that I like underlined, I circled purpose and apart because I think sometimes like we don't give enough credit to the season that we're in. We don't really like know. I don't know. I guess when I think of seasons, I think of like, you know, winter, spring, fall and summer and how like in those different seasons, there are different harvests and there are like fruits that you're supposed to eat in those seasons and vegetables that are, you know, growing in those seasons. And I just can't help but think about how like in this season, there is something growing or harvesting in me. And I probably won't know like the fruits of that harvest until later, but they are serving a purpose and a part in the bigger story of like my life and the bigger story of the actual like fruits that I, as an, as Yvette Henry will be able to produce on the behalf of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if that leaves you guys encouraged at all or just more confused, or maybe it's just food for thought. Maybe it's just something that um, we can all be thinking about together. But yeah, so that's that. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I, I, again, I appreciate the fact that you would even listen. And I look forward to chatting with y'all again next week. And before I sign off, I do want to um, encourage you. I just discovered some voicemails on Anchor. So that's really cool. Um, thank you for sending those in. And I will definitely be replying to those soon. But um, I want to be able to engage with you guys. So if you want to send me a DM on my um, Yvette Unplugged Instagram, please do that. And I will do my best to reply or even on Mrs. Melanin. But Mrs. Melanin gets a little bit more traffic. So yeah, Yvette Unplugged would probably be better because <laughs> I will probably be guaranteed to see it. But yeah, let me know. I need to figure out a way to be able to connect with y'all, but we'll see. We shall see. Anywho, thank you so much for listening. I look forward to talking with you guys again next week on Wednesday. Have a good one. Talk to you soon.